Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One. The matchmaking hats are back on following a Phenomenal, fantastic, memorable, all those types of descriptive words, synonyms, if you will, that you could possibly use to describe that card. That included a main event that was very, very close and won by the very sizable betting underdog. But before we get into the matchmaking, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for joining us. And more importantly than anything we're going to talk about today... Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there doing the damn thing. It's one of my favorite days of the year because I get to personally reflect on being a dad, which is the best job title in the world. And also a big shout out to my two older brothers who are also dads. And of course, a big happy Father's Day to the OG, the legend, Mike Heck Sr., the man who showed us the way to do it. And I'm excited to be doing this show on this Father's Day. And I'm equally as excited to be joined, as always, by the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the Prince of Positivity, and damn it, my best friend, Mr. Alexander K. Lee. Hello, sir. Mike, what an introduction for not just for for fathers, but for me. Uh, yeah, happy Father's Day, everyone. Happy Father's Day to uh, to my dad, Peter, the greatest man I've ever known, uh, the greatest man who ever lived. Shout-outs to everyone out there, you know, also who maybe not have been lucky enough to grow up uh, with a father, but still found a way, you know, found a way to make it through. And and for those people out there, like you said, your brother's acting like your uh, like your father. So people out there who just have had to take on fatherly roles and 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 uh, raise people. So everyone out there, everyone everyone out there, hope they're having a, having a great day, great day, great weekend. And uh, celebrating in a, in a positive way. And hopefully they celebrate it by watching UFC Austin. That would have been a, a pretty good Father's Day presence to just sit back and relax and have your favorite meal and watch that card. You were in, you were in a pretty good spot. You could have the two TVs going on. Maybe you watched the US Open and UFC Austin. And if you did that, then you were in for one heck of a Saturday. But let's get into this thing, AK, because Josh Emmett and Calvin Cater had themselves a technical little scrap over 25 minutes. It was kind of the fight we expected. Emmett gets the nod. I scored it for Cater. I was live blogging, scored it for Calvin. But when we have these types of fights, especially when you're live blogging, for those who don't understand what that is, we're trying to keep you updated in real time, like what is going on and trying to update as the rounds are happening. So it's just type, type a sentence, refresh. Type a sentence, refresh. Type two sentences, refresh. So you're paying attention to the fight, but not as closely as you would be if you were not doing the live blog. So when that happens, even if I wasn't doing a live blog, 
I always go back the next morning and rewatch it to make sure I'm not insane and I'm not crazy. And on the rewatch, still scored it for Cater. And watching live and blogging, I gave Cater rounds one, two, and four. I did score the fifth for Emmett watching it live, but on the rewatch, I gave Cater round five like most people did. And one is just so, so close. It could have gone either way. But I actually... I actually think there's more of an argument to be made of a 49-46 Cater than a 48-47 Emmett, but that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. This is a close fight. This is not a robbery. This is not a robbery. The term we would look at it, like if you look at a headline and it says, was this a robbery? And if you just look at it the way that it is, it's not because Cater probably needed to do more in the long run to make it emphatic. But again, I still score it for Calvin 40-47. But Emma gets an odd. Fight as a whole, so you, like I said, no robbery. No robbery. But Chris Lee's fourth round score. I was gonna say you didn't have a new you didn't have a new perspective on round four. You didn't see the you didn't see the world through Chris Lee's eyes on uh, your rewatch. The clearest round of the fight was round four. It was the <laughs> clearest round of the fight. And actually like four and five seemed clear cater rounds. Uh four was by far the clearest round. Like it, Anyone, Josh Abbott said he thought he won the fourth. I like Josh a lot, but I think he's out of his damn mind. Like, there's literally, I think he's the only person who scored the fourth round for himself. And he gave Kate a round two, which I also gave Kate a round two. But he said that's the only round he felt Kevin won. I don't believe that. But Chris Lee scoring the fourth round for Emmett, actually, it shouldn't even be like, was Calvin Cater robbed? It should be, did Chris Lee screw over Calvin Cater? Because that scorecard was atrocious. It was did really Chris Lee bad. check? Did Chris Lee check the wrong box is really the question that should be asked. <laughs> it happened. It's happened to all of us. It's yeah. happened to all of us. Maybe it's a, 50, it's a, it's a 50, 50 thing, right? You know, it's true. And listen, we right. had some mistakes made. Someone scored a 28, 28 in one of the fights and turned out that yeah. was the wrong card as well. It just missed, but that was, did they, did they write it down wrong or was it miscalculated by whoever was, it, it wasn't the judge who wrote it down wrong, right? It was whoever tabulates the scorecards just did the math wrong somehow. Right. Yeah, I think they just – Joe Martinez is going to read what the final scores are. He's not going to be like, yeah. you scored a round one this, round two this, round three this. But anyways yeah. – Immaculate again. work by Joe Martinez, by the way, on Saturday. Jeez. Joe Martinez, the true best best uh, in-ring announcer in the – in-cage announcer in the UFC and, and maybe in all of MMA. Look, you can't uh, – He was – Yeah, you can't replace the buff man. You can't do it. Joe Martinez will be a great replacement when it's time listen. full-time. But every fight night event – should be Joe Martinez. He's that's it. And, and, and listen, Buffer. I'm not. I'm not like crapping on Buffer. Buffer brings his own, of course, special quality to shows. I mean, there, there's 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 big fight feels that he brings with him to certain pay per views. But I think you know, I, people know I'm a big Joe Martinez fan, and uh, I think he could replace Buffer at the drop of a hat. But that's again, I understand the appeal of Buffer. I'm not saying that we don't need him. I think there's a there's a place for both of them in this in this crazy MMA world. Yes, but. After that whole spiel, credit to Josh Emmett. He won the fight, landed big, bigger shots when he needed to. Calvin wasn't as active. He just jabbed a lot. The step-in elbows, I think, were landing a lot more. Go back and watch it again. You see those elbows land a little bit more. But Josh won the fight. Smart game plan, gets it done, and he moves on to bigger and better. And he wants a title shot, AK. The question is, will he get it? No. No, that's it. I'm, I'm, that's all I have to say about it. No, uh, we we one of the, our big topics of discussion before the card was uh, could would either guy be able to put on a performance that could give them a title shot? I wasn't convinced either way, frankly. I I, I said Emmett a little bit had a better chance just because he hadn't fought Max Holloway, so 
there's at least that question of mark of like how would he fare against one of the one of the big four at 145 um the big four being holloway volkanovsky yair and uh, brian ortega of course at the moment um so so in the minds of uh, again you know of fans they could say like well i want to see like i know how how cater did against holloway i want to see what emmett would do against the holloway or volkanovsky or an ortega so i thought he had a better chance i thought I still didn't like it. I thought even if he got like a first round knockout, I was kind of like, ah, I don't know if that'll be enough. And I'm standing by it, despite the fact that, yeah, look, listen, he fought a great fight. So I want to see him. Uh, I'm going for the, my first few picks here, Mike. I'm going like Crystal Bali. So I'm thinking he I'm looking at the Yair Rodriguez Ortega fight on July 16th, UFC on ABC3. And I'm not even going to say just the loser of that fight. I'm going to make a prediction who will win that fight. Uh, I think Ortega wins, and then I think Emmett fights Yair. I think so. I'm giving him the loser of that fight, who I'm predicting will be uh, Yair Rodriguez. I don't know what Ortega is going to do after that because he's probably not getting another title shot. But uh, that is not of concern for me right now. Making this pick, I'm just picking for Josh Emmett, and uh, I think he gets Yair. And I think if he beats Yair, then 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 we're talking about maybe getting a title shot. Will Josh Emmett get a title shot off of this win? No. In our rankings, the only rankings that matter, he's going to jump up one spot to number six. UFC rankings, he will be in the top five. Seven. Seven, I think. Well, Cater's six, right? No, Cater was seven. Really? Yeah. Oh, then I, did I not read that wrong? I must have read that wrong. Maybe maybe it's your rankings. Eight? Maybe you're, maybe you're looking at your rankings. Yeah, Cater was seven. Emmett is eight. What's that? What, going to this? Well, and now they'll probably just switch. Okay, so he'll jump up to six, and then he'll be a top mm-hmm. five featherweight in the UFC. I just feel like Emmett's going to have to fight backwards, man. I just, I just don't know. Like if Volkanovsky wins, I think the, I think the best thing he can hope for right now is that Volkanovsky beats Holloway because then he could fight Holloway. That makes sense. Uh, I don't think Emmett Emmett could fight Holloway. Yeah. Emmett could fight Holloway. Yes. And I don't know. Maybe the more I talk about it, the more I think maybe he does get a title shot or he has a, a better chance than I think. Because if Volkanovski wins and Ortega wins, I mean, who else is there? It's got to be Emmett. There's literally nobody oh, else. Well, then Volk goes for the lightweight title probably. Or, God help us, Cejudo somehow gets that fight. Though I oh, think God, that's incredible. no. Don't even say that. It's not I'm happening. sorry. I'm just saying it's, it's happening. Out. And Volkanovski would love to – I would happily beat his ass, I think. Yeah. And the fight would just not do as well as Cejudo think – or his manager think he'll do on pay-per-view. <laughs> but um, – I don't like to go, I mean, just a lot needs to happen for any of these things to happen. So I'm going to just throw a name out that makes all the sense in the world. I'm going to go with Arnold Allen. I think that's okay. the fight to make. I think the UFC will look to actually do that. I think come Tuesday at the matchmaker meeting, I think this is the fight they're going to try to put together. So this one makes sense. I don't know how Josh is going to feel about it, but I just think that's kind of where he is right now. Now, if he went out and it was a more decisive win, and we walked away feeling that Josh Emmett was clear as a, clear as day, 1,000% the better fighter. Maybe we're having a different conversation. So my official pick is Arnold Allen. But if Holloway wins, yeah, maybe. I mean, if Holloway wins, he's getting the winner of Yair, Brian Ortega. But a lot needs to happen for Emmett to really get the fights that he wants. Um, so, yeah, I'll go with Arnold Allen. It's a confusing yeah. one. Our pal, no, it makes a lot of sense actually. Our, our pal Air Helwani immediately, I think, on his post uh, fight show after said he wants to see Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett. I think he tweeted the only fight that makes sense for him, which I don't know if I go that far, but it is a good matchup. 
And I think uh, to what you said about like he has to fight backwards. That's about like as like the best fight he can get fighting quote unquote backwards because Aaron Allen's nine and zero in the UFC, right? He's only not higher in the rankings because he just hasn't fought the name. He hasn't fought the big names he needs to cl- to climb up. He hasn't taken someone else's spot. So I'm sure there's some people who see Arnold Allen like honestly level with guys like Cater and guys like Emmett. Again, he just hasn't had those big fights. So. Rankings-wise, yeah, I think on most of those rankings, Allen will be behind both Emmett and Cater. Uh, so this is fighting backwards in a sense, but um, but not in terms of really in like reputation and what it could do for what it could do for either fighter if they won. Because yeah, I think it would finally vault uh, one of them right in the net, one of those top five spots. Yeah, Emmett, I would favor Emmett in that fight because it's not that's not a three round fight. That's going to be mm-hmm. a main event of a fight now. Mm-hmm. So I would definitely favor Emmett in that one. It's close. I would, but I would as well favor Emmett. Because the longer that fight goes, I feel like Arnold would fade a little bit. We've seen it in the past. So, yeah. And for Cater, I've already said this. So I'm not going to talk a lot about it. But I said that Mavzar of Loyev would have to fight the loser of this fight, Cater or Emmett. It just happens to be Calvin Cater. So it's going to mm-hmm. be Loyev versus Cater. Maybe the end of the year. That's the way I would go. Emmett's Emmett's got a nice he's got a nice looking record now of that Cater win that, that I mean that's big like that's a huge win nine and two now in the UFC nine and two 18 and two as a pro overall five fight win streak that's a nice looking re- recent resume that is not bad dude's good you wonder he what, is good you wonder what happened and if that Jeremy Stevens fight was kind of ruled the way it was supposed to should have been maybe a no contest or a DQ because of some uh chicanery if you will uh, led to one of the more violent finishes we've ever seen, but and that was also didn't Stevens miss weight by like a was that the one Stevens missed weight by like a ton? Oh no 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 I, I'm sorry Emmett missed weight for the 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 llamas fight. I'm sorry that's right and that that's was right. yeah that was before the Stevie okay right right yeah the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday May 17th live from Paris France reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Well, let's talk about 
the superhero himself, Kevin Holland, looks phenomenal in the co-main event. 170 seems to be his weight class for sure. Runs over Tim Means. I think people expected Kevin to win. I don't think they expected it to look this easy. But man, Kevin Holland did the damn thing. Best performance, top to bottom of his entire career. The dude's stopping robberies, AK. He's 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 robbing our hearts from our bodies on a weekly basis with his crime fighting skills. I mean, this was a breakout performance in his new division. Calls out Sean Brady. I like the gusto, but I think the UFC really wants to do this Sean Brady Bilal Muhammad fight. And I think actually that's the fight to make for both of these guys. I know Bilal Muhammad is not going to agree with what I'm going to say. But Bilal probably had a better chance of getting the Shamaya fight if he actually called for Shamayev when the bright lights were on him after the win over Vicente Luque. But instead, he called for a fight he had zero chance of getting. So for Holland, I'm going with Michael Chiesa, AK. Chiesa needs to fight somebody. It makes sense. Chiesa's kind of in that role right now where he needs to sort of defend his spot against some of these up-and-comers. And... I need to see if Kevin Holland's the real deal. I need to see if welterweight Kevin Holland is the real deal. I want to see how much that wrestling defense has improved for real. I want to see how much his get-up game has improved with someone as heavy as Kiesa on top of him. Because Kiesa is going to get him down more than likely at some point in this fight. And I feel like we will get more answers with him fighting Kiesa than anybody else in this division. Maybe Brady, but I feel like the Brady fight's not going to happen. But Kiesa's is a more realistic fight. What say you? Yeah, I, l- I love the Brady call up, but as you said today and on the post fight show, like the gear, the gears are uh, other gears are in motion for young Sean Brady. So, uh, yeah, I mean, look, if that fight can happen, that's great. I think I think it's a great option, but doesn't seem to be option number one for at least for for Brady and his team. Uh, I went with. Uh, first of all, did you see New York Rick's tweet about Holland? What about the? Oh, you can't. He call, was like, you can't call any fight a robbery unless Kevin Holland stops. Yeah. It. Something like that. He's like, you know, you know, no, it's like, you, yeah, you know, none of these recent fights have been robberies because Holland, Kevin Holland hasn't stopped them. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, listen, Holland has modeled him as is and his management are apparently presenting him as some real life superhero. Uh, that's some good that's some good uh, image rehab, too, because, you know, there was there was kind of like uh, those that run there were like, man, does he does he talk too much in the cage? And he had some like questionable comments on, on the Joe Rogan show. So there was some like uh, Holland teetering towards like a heel heel character and now they're turning him into uh, again to this uh, uh ufc vigilante or whatever uh so let's i want to put him in there with an, again with another beloved welterweight um steven wonderboy thompson Ooh. steven wonderboy thompson yeah i like it i i first of all i well, i originally wanted steven thompson to fight uh i think what did i have him as uh, neil magny it's oh, okay uh, Neil Magny, uh, Michelle Pereira, that's a good one too. That's one a lot of the fans, uh, our listeners wanted. Um, but uh, Neil Magny, but Neil Magny, of course, is, is, is fighting Shopcott now. So that frees up Wonder Boy in my in my mind. And yeah, Holland, I think would be would be fun. Obviously, I think if you're a Holland fan, you're you're wary just because Stephen Thompson is such a tough test and makes talented fighters just look really bad in there. But I do think he's getting a little bit older. He's getting a little bit um, easier to figure out. Uh, you know, when you're with a guy like him. His his style is is based so much on precision and reflexes, and you get older and older and older, and you know you just lose those a little bit, little bit, bit by bit until it just doesn't work anymore. 
We've seen that with Lyoto Machida as well, that just super precise technical karate style. It also requires some some uh, a physical aspect, an athletic aspect to it. So I think this is the right time to, for Holland to maybe uh, have a favorable matchup with Steven Thompson. I don't know who would be favorite if it, if it was made. I think it'd be close. I think it'd just be a close, maybe not quite a pick em. Um, and I think money would eventually start coming in on Holland. That's, that's that's just based on kind of what I've seen from him at, at Welterweight. I've been very impressed. So, yeah, let's have him versus the MNF, NMF, NMF. And uh, if he beats him, yeah, listen, there's a way to fast track him to the top 10, which I'm sure where he wants to be, um, just as he did when he was at uh, middleweight and just fought every week to, to get up at the rankings. So doesn't have to quite keep that kind of schedule, but you get a big name like Wonder Boy. You know, we're, then we're talking about we're really talking about him then at welterweight. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of fun options right now for Kevin Holland, and that's never a bad thing. Speaking of Kevin Holland, a man who has fought Kevin Holland in the past, Joaquin Buckley also had the performance of his career against Albert Duraev. He looked incredible, controlled chaos, super effective stuff. Stuff his stock rose immensely in my eyes. This was not the kind of fight that I expected, but Buckley went out there and did the damn thing. So. I want to talk about one of the big mysteries of the card, more so from a betting perspective. And I still don't have all the answers to this, but Lord knows I've spent the last hour or so trying to figure this out. But a lot of people, especially the gambling community, they're not happy with how this fight all played out because the official ruling at the end of the fight, even though the third round didn't start at all, was a third round TKO at 10 seconds of round three despite round three not beginning at all. Both fighters get off the stool. Referee calls the doc in. Doc says, nope, he's done. Fight's over. It should have been second round TKO, five minutes. So I've been trying to figure this out. Why is this a thing? Why is it third round? And if you bet Joaquin Buckley's second round KO TKO, you're probably ripping right now because you just, you didn't cash a bet that you should have that you should have cashed. Now, again, I've reached out to multiple people about this in the know. I've reached out to the commission. Hopefully I can get a, a like an actual answer to this question. But from people that sort of, I mean, the people that definitely have way more knowledge than me in this situation are telling me that the reason that this has scored a third round TKO is because the referee, who I believe was Jacob Montalvo, didn't officially call time. So what happens is after the round, if you we're going to do the doctor check, both fighters stand up and before the third round is set to begin, if you're going to call the doctor in, you have to call time. You have to just say time, time, wave the hands in the air, time, then call the doctor in. And then if the doctor stops it, it's a second round TKO. But because Montalvo didn't officially call time, it's a third round TKO, which is stupid. It makes no sense. Because the same thing happened. Montavo just didn't say one word. Like, he didn't say the word time. So, again, I'm still waiting for official word. But I've had a couple of different people who have more knowledge of the situation. More knowledge of the rules. Commission rules, if you will. Are telling me that that's why this is a third round TKO, not a second. Which is literally the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Don't gamble on MMA. Uh, <laughs> I, fortunately, I did not gamble on this fight. Uh, I did... People, people, by the way, anyone knows I was on No Bets Bar this week, so I did gamble just for the just in the spirit of the show. And uh, I would have been driven insane if I had picked. I picked Buckley to win, just win straight out. 
I would have gone insane if I'd also had like a prop on, you know, second round knockout, which a lot of us picked in our staff picks and our, you know, in our, our, our internal staff picks. I think you had Buckley second round knockout. I think I had Buckley second. I think at least three of us had Buckley second round knockout, right? I picked Derive. Oh, you picked Derive. Okay. But I know, I know most of us who picked Buckley, I think we said we all, we were all thinking second round knockout. That's just where Buckley gets his finishes. He's just, he takes his time. He figures people out in the second round. He throws something wild and gets a finish. So once that eye started swelling up, I was like, oh my gosh, are they going to stop the fight in this round? Am I going to get myself a perfect topology pick? And and uh, <laughs> we had our we, ch- we were chatting after, and I'm like, that's when it was announced as 10 seconds into the third. I was like, that's 10 pounds of bullshit in a five pound bag. <laughs> and I I, I <laughs> again, thankfully, it did not. It was not. Um, money wasn't wasn't involved. Otherwise, I'd be even. I'd be a hundred times more furious. Um, but yeah, it is it is confusing. Like you said, it was announced. Uh, he announced. Um, it was announced on the show, broadcast round three, 10 seconds into the third round. That was the annou- official announcement by Joe Martinez, right? Yeah, third round. I don't remember. Okay. We tweeted that. I know other outlets um, sent out round two, uh, five minutes, you know, end of end of, end of the second round. Sure Dog still has it. Dr. Stoppage, uh, second round, uh, five minutes, second round. Topology changed theirs, I think. I think they originally had it five minutes, second round. Now they have changed it to 10 seconds into round three. UFC.com has it both ways. UFC.com, if you go to the event page, has <laughs> has Buckley by fifth round, uh, uh, sorry, second round TKO five minutes in. But if you go to their recap page of, uh, of where they list all, uh, like a more in detail of recap of the fights and stuff, they have the round three, 10 seconds. Uh, they tweeted out on UFC News, round three, 10 seconds. It is... Just all over the place. We are, as far as we know, it is officially round three, ten seconds. At least as far as betters, because like you said, uh, there must be uh, many, many furious people who wagered on a second round uh, a Buckley knockout and are not getting it. So I don't know what happens. What does I don't again, Mike? I don't gamble. So what does happen if like within uh, within this week, the commission comes out with a statement and says like, oh yes, that was a second round uh, knockout. People still don't get their like they don't get their money, right? Um, not at first, but maybe they're just kind of holding out to wait to see what happens. I don't know. Oh, I, 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 again, I don't know about anywhere. I assume it's instant. I assume it's like, sorry, you did whatever happens on fight night, like whatever happens on night of, that's the verdict. You know, we're not changing it if it, if there's, if the, something changes five days from now. I don't know. I mean, if the official, I mean, if the official score is, um, like if they come out and they say, okay, here's the official score. The commission comes out and says we're scoring it second round TKO. Then I assume that the bet would be paid off. I mean, that'd really? Be, okay. That'd be uh, kind of dickish if they didn't. Well, and you'd lose we'll a tap- little bit of credibility. Will Tapology give me a perfect pick retroactively? That's why. That's. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I hope so. Oh, actually, actually, I think they kind of did. I'm kind of looking at my. That's. I don't know. All I'm saying is, again, back, back, just take it back to the beginning of this conversation. Don't gamble on MMA. I can't imagine living and dying uh, by that by a ten seconds, a ten seconds, a Jacob Montalvo not calling time. Uh, that is uh, that sounds infuriating and and upsetting. So, uh, yeah, what a weird little subplot to this fight. It's wild. Um, <laughs> so, what do we do with uh, Mr. Oh, right. Manza now? Because this oh, is a matchmaking, matchmaking show. Okay, we went sorry. off. We've gone off no on multiple tangents here. This is not no bets barred. I have to ask Jed. I, I can't remember if he, if he how he bet on that. Uh, I'm going. So you know, we were talking about the post fight show. What is Buckley's ceiling? I'm way. I was way higher on it than you guys were before fight night. I'm apparently still way way too high. Maybe 
But uh, Jose kind of asked, like, you know, we were rifling off names in the top around like the edges of the top 15, top 10. And Brad Tavares one that came came up, and Jose said, you know, would you pick him to beat Brad Tavares? And I said, and and I thought about it. I'm like, maybe I would, maybe I would. So if Brad Tavares uh, loses to Drickus Duplessis, actually, I'm just to say I am picking Brad Tavares to lose to Drickus Duplessis. I think DDP gets it done after he loses that fight. Uh, Brad Tavares, that's uh, Wolf should fight um, Kevin Hall. That's going down uh, July second, UFC UFC two seventy five. So I want to see Tavares and Buckley. It's a good fight. Good fight. Uh, I'm going with Phil Haas. That is the fight to make. I mean, there's just not much else to add. I mean, it's some people might consider this lazy booking, but it's Phil Haas. It just seems like the easiest fight to make coming out of this card and the second sure. most muscular middleweight fight in UFC history behind Joel <laughs> Romero, Paulo Costa. Yeah, let's just do that and have some damn fun with it. Let's oh, by the way, over. I'm sorry, Tavares, Tavares, EDP, uh, UFC 276. I'm sorry, UFC 275 just happened. I just want to, I want to correct myself before I get DM'd into oblivion. Yes. Uh, let's go to Demir Ismagulov, AK, because what a fight that was with Guram Kutatalatse, super close and competitive. Ismagulov gets the nod again. No robbery. 3027 card for Ismagulov was pretty atrocious, but it didn't really change anything. You know what I mean? It just was just a weird one. But Herb Dean might actually be the guy who screwed over Guram more than anything after calling an illegal strike to a grounded opponent, which clearly was a knee to the chest. But in the end, Ismagulov wins. He's won 19 in a row. He's 5-0 and in the UFC. His last three wins, AK, Joel Alvarez, Rafael Alves, Guram Kutatalatse. Very good names to have on the resume. He deserves a ranked guy, at least in my eyes. He might not get it, but he certainly deserves it. Maybe you could do the loser of next week's main event between Sarukian and Gamrot. I think that's probably a popular one. But I'm going to go with the winner of the July 30th matchup between Mr. CDF, Carlos Diego Fajera, and Jakar Close, because the number Mm -hmm. 15 Mm -hmm. spot in the UFC rankings is on the line. That makes sense. And it probably lines up timeline-wise as well because that was a hard-fought, gritty battle. I don't see Demir bouncing back super quickly. But, and plus he's not the most active guy to begin with. So I feel timeline-wise, merit-wise, I think that's right around where he's going to go from there. But what do you think? People are going to hate my pick um, because I also looked to next week's main event. Uh, I know you decided to go in another direction. But I want him to get the winner of that main event, not one of the losers. Uh, I understand in our rankings, look, we got Sarukian and Gamrot tied at 11, just outside the top 10. Whoever wins should probably get a top 10 opponent. Uh, I just think it'll be difficult to get one of those guys. Um, I mean, we're looking at Oliveira, Pore, Makachev, Gaethje, Darius, Chandler, RDA. RDA is fighting Fazeev. Um, maybe one of them could go on to fight the Fazeev RDA winner. I'm not sure. But I still, um, I still cut like again. I put Gam, uh, Gam, excuse me, Ismagulov right up there with Gamra and Sarukian. Again, he just hasn't, um, he hasn't got the name win yet that he needs. So I want to see him fight one of them. Um, a loser makes a lot of sense. I understand. I got that was probably that was one of the most popular suggestions I saw was him facing the loser of next Saturday's main event. But I'm I'm fine going with winner. I'm saying let's let's put the let's put the all the money on the table. Let's see let's see who's who's really. Not just a top 10 guy, but could be like a top five guy 
uh, depending how how their next few fights go. So, yeah, I could see again Surkian Gamrat easily get you know possibly getting a top ten guy, but there's a lot of a lot of moving parts and things like that that you just deal with once you get in that range. So I'd say let's keep it simple. Let's give them uh, one of them Ismagulov or give Uzmagulov one of them, I should say, and then uh, and then go from there. And I just think again, I just really want to see him fight one of those guys. So it's just being me being uh, being a bit selfish. Let's go back to middleweight and discuss another non-middleweighty middleweighty fight because when we say middleweighty middleweight fights, we think of like a Christoph Yako fight, and this is no disrespect, just a very tactical sometimes weird fight we don't yeah, see he's the middleweight yeah. he's the middleweight right now <laughs> he's the guy he's the guy uh his photo is middleweighty middleweight yes. but mm-hmm. robocop ak gregory rodriguez just goes out and destroys a guy who doesn't get destroyed in julian marquez sensational performance i know you would like to see him mix the martial arts in a different way <laughs> but he's decided to mix the martial arts in a very violent way. He, he, no, to stop mixing the martial arts. He's yeah. he's he's ta- but he's taking the wrong advice. He's he's using his jujitsu less than ever now. I meant I meant go back to using your jujitsu, Gregory. He has gone the other way. It's like he's like, oh, stop mixing the martial arts. Oh, fine, I love boxing. I'm a boxer now. And I'm like, no, Gregory, no, no, I want to see. Uh, I did, I did, by the way, have money on that to second to win by submission. And when he was like beating on Marquez's ass, I was like, take his back. I was like, take his. <laughs> and then he kind of took his back for like one second. And then he's like, no, punching is so much fun. You know what? Back to punching. And I mean, you can't blame him. Listen, you got a TKO victory. But I was like, again, this is what I imagine betters go through all the time. When you see someone like taking a guy's back, you're just like, oh, go- the choke is right there. Take the choke. I know, man. I know you're very high on Rodriguez as well. So yes, what do you want to see next for him? Uh. What did I say here? Oh, uh, okay. So this is a weird one. I don't think the UFC is in, is as invested in him as I am. I think they see an exciting fighter. I don't think they like the optics. I think he looks he looks old. Um, people have compared him to Obama, which is both a flattering and unflattering comparison because Obama's what like a fifty something, sixty something year old man. Um, he's in amazing shape. I mean, physically he looks incredible, but I think he has like an old looking face, and he's only thirty years old. So I just feel like the UFC doesn't see what i'm seeing in this guy um and i think they see a guy who they can keep slotting into again main card spots putting on exciting fights getting bonuses but maybe not necessarily pushing unless he gets on some five six seven fight win streak so i think they're just going to give him a weird matchup against a guy who i know they do like uh he gets he just gets he gets notable fights all the time and who i think is a solid test and i think would be a good name to add to rodriguez's resume uh eric anders this is not a magic wand pick. This is a crystal ball pick. This is not the pick I certainly not the pick I would make for Gregory Rodriguez if it were solely up to me. I just have a weird feeling he's gonna want to stay busy, and that's kind of the name that's gonna fall out of the hat for him. And and uh, and he, he would take that fight. And again, this is another main card opener, third fight on the main card. Throw it on there somewhere. I know after this person's most recent performance, that I'm going with. I went a certain way with it, but now I'm completely changing course just because I want to see it. It's Gregory Rodriguez versus Chidi and Jukwani. That's the fight. Give me all the chaos, all the violence. Let's just go. If he wants to not mix the martial arts and just box Gregory Rodriguez, that is pronouns, pal, uh-huh. then let's go. But maybe he will decide to not mix the martial arts in the typical fashion that most are accustomed to seeing. 
Mr. Rodriguez. He, but either way, he, that fight is freaking awesome. He's going full uh, George Gurgel, I swear. <laughs> this guy, again, for anyone who's only seen him fight in the UFC, he's like a world champ, multiple time like world champion, like jujitsu guy. Like his jujitsu is excellent, but. He went even in the LFA. He was already like knocking people. Like his last fight for the UFC, he was he, he was knocking people out. So he's just fallen in love with his hands, and he has great great power. So, but man, he does not use jujitsu like at all anymore. Just doesn't use it. And and again, he's a world champion. She's a world champion jujitsu guy. <laughs> if we're gonna talk about chaos and violence in UFC Austin, we have to talk about Adrian Yanez because this man seemed to make a lot of people very happy with his drubbing of Tony Kelly. This is a big performance. He looked tremendous. Kelly just played the villain perfectly. He seemed loose as a goose in there, and he was having a little bit of success early. He was quick. He was volume striking. The kicks were starting to make moves. He busted Yana's up a little bit, and then Yana's landed one left hand. The first short left hand he landed, Tony Kelly reacted to it, said something, and you could tell he hated it. And then Giannis just kept landing it over and over again, and Kelly's badly hurt, and Giannis keeps pouring it on, put the middle fingers up, and that was a wrap. Now, again, this is not lazy booking. Hold on. Oh, wait. We're, oh, okay. I was about to say, oh, no. I thought we were going to be – I thought we were going to end up on the same pick. I thought we were about to have a, a Friends Forever moment. No Friends but now, Forever. But maybe, you don't, don't think so? No, no, I don't think we did, here's, based on that. Okay. Well, here's the thing, because I know a lot of people want the Sean O'Malley fight. And if Pedro Munoz beat Sean O'Malley at UFC 276, there's a chance, a chance that fight happens. But even Giannis admitted this to me. It doesn't really make a whole lot of sense for O'Malley to fight Adrian Giannis right now. It makes literally zero sense for him to fight Adrian Giannis right now. And Giannis gets that. And if Giannis is in the same boat, it would make zero sense for him to fight Sean O'Malley. It just makes no sense right now with where he wants to go. So I want to give Giannis a step up. I know he mentioned Nate Manus, and that's fine. Like, if that's the direction they go, that's that's okay. But I want to give Giannis a step up to a guy that's probably around number 20 in the division. Just outside the top 15. A guy who also fought on this card a guy who has been in there with a lot of big names in this division already, including the reigning, defending, undisputed UFC Bantamweight champion, Aljamain Sterling, a guy who also got a big first-round finish on this card. I think Adrian Yanez versus Cody Stamen actually makes a ton of sense here, AK. What do you think? I'm glad I didn't do what I wanted to do there. I was going to have us do like countdown. Like let's. Say, I was going to be like, my best friend, let's both say our pick on the count of three, and then... I thought we were going to have a moment and say the same pick. I'm glad. So I didn't do that. That would have been super embarrassing and awkward. I did not go with Cody Stamen, uh, though I like where your head's at. Uh, Stamen is 28th in my UFC-only rankings. So again, keep in mind, that's like a cluster with like uh, Douglas Silva de Andrade, Hani Yaya, Chris Gutierrez, Casey Kenny, Saeed Nurmagomedov. I mean, he can't be higher than Saeed, but if you want to put him against higher than any of those other names I mentioned, I mean, it's probably not super crazy. Maybe Chris Gutierrez. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I have him in that 20 to 30 range. Um, no, I, I went with, uh, I, I, I love the Kyler Phillips matchup. I love the idea that almost a Sean O'Malley proxy, you know, Kyler Phillips and O'Malley are buddies and, uh, you know, it'd be fun stylistic matchup. Everyone's really high in Kyler Phillips too. That might be one reason you want to go away with it is if you like Kyler and you like Adrian Yanez, you don't want to see them matched up just yet, but I'm fine with it. You know me, I, I don't mind, um, 
throwing prospects together, especially when I'm not sure, I'm not super sure about the ceiling for one of them. Like, I don't know about the ceiling for Kyler. I've said I think Yanez could be a top five guy at 135. Kyler, I don't know. Exciting fighter, I think could be in the UFC for a long time. Is he an actual contender? Not sure. So that's why I have no issue throwing him in there with uh, with Yanez. And I think Yanez at this point would be like a two to one favorite. That's I think that's how how hot his name is right now. This is what we call a tease in the biz. I was very happy with that statement pick for a while. I'm like, okay, this this makes sense. This is a great idea. This is a great fight. And then I saw a listener's suggestion this morning that I almost stole because it's so good. It's really good. Like, tremendously good. So this is for Yanez. For Yanez. And I was like, I can't take it. I got to give this person credit. It's so good. So stay I think tuned I know, for that. Yeah, I think I know what you're thinking of. It's and I'll, outstanding. I'll, I, it's bet, I bet I know what you're thinking Outstanding pick. We could still have a friends forever moment here. with with the, And this reader, this, this listener can join in with us. Yes, it's an outstanding. Standing pick. I know what it is. I, I know what love it, is. it. I love it. So don't much. don't say. It. Let me let me guess what you're thinking or what it's time. But it, yeah, whatever. Okay, so get ready. This is probably where we'll go to a commercial break just to just to get you fired up. <laughs> um, but we no, this is not where we're going to commercial break because we got the wild card pick. Oh, we what still a tease. the wild card after all this. So a tease upon stay a tease. tuned. Buckle up, baby. Buckle up. Wild card. We will make one selection from a fighter we have not match made for yet. And we'll do it right now. So it could be somebody who is victorious from the prelims. Could be someone who is not victorious from the main card. And we will match make for them right now. AK, I feel like I know where you're going with this. At least if someone was like, here, I'll give you 10 to 1 odds. Here's 20 bucks. What do you think AK is going to say here? I think I would, I, would be, I would be pretty quick with this one. But maybe I'm wrong. But what's your wild card pick? Uh, well, it's a good thing. I think normally I, 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 I normally just default to the preliminary car, you know, pick one of the winners from there. Uh, it's a good thing that we've already mentioned, uh, Phil Haas, we've already mentioned Cody Stamen. So we've kind of put some shine on there and there's still other good picks. I actually went with one of the night's losers. I went with one of the night's losers. Am I, I am I right? Come on, baby. I, are you? I went, I went with Guram. Ah, I was wrong. Wait, which loser did you think I went with? Tim Means. Oh yeah. Yeah. That we were going to go back. I thought we were going to. Lobby for Robbie again. Oh, <laughs> you know what? L- let's let's. I mean, that is default. You know that you're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm always lobbying for Robbie for Tim Means. So, uh, you're certainly not wrong. But no, I I'm, I went more specific here. Uh, Gudam Kutatalazzi, I think again looked great. Maybe could have won the fight if not for that weird sort of pause by uh, Herdine in the in the third. He was really getting you know really starting to get it going. Um, everything just looked good throughout the fight. I mean, him and him and uh, again him and um. Is Magulov just great, great, great lightweights? I think you'll be seeing them both getting big fights for a long time. Uh, this is a name we throw out in the show a lot, and I rarely use it. And there's been a lot of good options for him, but I think he still hasn't been booked recently, if I'm not mistaken. <sighs> I want to see Kutadlatsi and Alexander Hernandez. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if you'll realize how good Kutadlatsi is yet. I still think... Um, he needs, you know, I still want to see him get a dominant win. And and maybe Hernandez isn't that guy to get it against. But if he was able to dominate Alexander Hernandez, I think that would open a lot of people's eyes or at least keep people's eyes open who are already kind of locked into this guy as a, as a future lightweight contender. So, yeah, a very tough fight um, for both guys. 
but I, I, I think it's a good test for Kutatlatse again because he's kind of in this weird spot. He's split decision win over Gamrot, now split decision loss to uh, Ismagulov. I think his people just aren't quite sure where to rank him. I have him pretty high for a guy who's technically one and one in the UFC, um, and I think uh, Alexander Hernandez is right around that right spot for him at this moment. I like that pick a lot. That's very interesting. I'm going with. Listen, you want to know what makes a card so good? Violent finishes, fights that we give high expectations for that deliver. And then cherry on top of the Sunday is when a fighter just comes out of nowhere and makes a statement and just allows everybody to think positively about them. And the winner of that award goes to Natalia Silva by a long shot because she put on an incredible performance against Jasmine Jazdavizia. Jasmine just had nothing for her. Jazz was a big favorite in this fight, and Natalia Silva was like, all right, let's get after this thing. And she just, I'll be, it's, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. This is exactly what happened. Natalia Silva beat the brakes off of Jazz with Jastavizius. Jastavizius hung in there, tried everything she could. I give her a lot of credit for just, she could have been easily frustrated and just been like, nah, dude, this sucks. But she went in there and tried in the third round and tried to make things a little more gritty. But man, Silva looked real good. She's a nice addition to this already really fascinating women's flyweight division and we got to be careful here we don't want to rush her too much we're not going to put her into a top 15 matchup but we do want to give her somebody who is not far outside the 15 and someone who will give natalia a a, a very tough and interesting fight from a stylistic perspective but a fight i really think natalia can look really good in Montana De La Rosa. Natalia Silva versus Montana De La Rosa. I like the fight. Montana's not really in a position where she can be like, nah, I don't want to fight this girl. She's coming off of uh, the loss to Macy Barber. And Montana has shown that her striking has improved a little bit. She'll get right in there with Natalia if she needs to and make things interesting. She'll scrap with her a little bit. And if she lands a takedown, Silva's still really good on the ground, but... Montana's very good on the ground. She is very tricky. She's a crafty craftswoman when it comes to the ground game. So I think next step, we build upon this. We continue to push her a little bit. We give her that shine. We don't do what Bellator did with Big Tuna and throw her into just a nightmare fight. We don't throw her in there with Miranda Maverick. We don't throw her in there with, you know, somebody like that. We throw her in there with a nice step up, a name people know, a veteran, and one that she has, maybe she's favored, maybe she's not, but I think that's the right fight, AK. Yeah, I think uh, uh, Montana De La Rosa is right kind of in there, that veteran cluster with like J.J. Aldrich, uh, Jillian Robertson, uh, Gian Kim. These are these are not, like, they're not old, uh, but they are veterans. Like, they are, they are, they have pro experience outside the UFC, they have fought multiple times in the UFC, they fought each other, they fought against up-and-coming prospects um so yeah if you're going to test someone if you're if you're that impressed with a prospect like natalia silva she's only 25 years old and you want to test her uh in her second fight certainly someone like again de la rosa or jj aldrich or someone like that is is uh, is logical and again and, and it'll just make for an exciting fight as well so but yeah man natalia silva i did not think she'd be one of the names we'd be talking about so much coming out of this card and uh she is i mean there you go 
Do we have any extracurriculars? Do we have check the tapes? Do we have any mic checks? Yeah. Anything like that? Well, first of all, listen, Marcus McGahey's back with a really great title. Uh, he's He has won the title contest this week, calling this now I with a caveat. For he, this, is, he, this is the Mr. Holland's Opus edition of uh, of on to the next one. Shout outs to Richard Dreyfus. Um, my only caveat, it's a great title, Marcus. The only thing is I, I would have saved it. I would have saved it. I would have saved it for Holland, like getting a number one contender fight or or beating a top 10 guy or God help us someday winning a UFC title. Then that that Mr. Holland's opus thing would have landed. However, if you don't think uh, Kevin Holland's ever going to reach that level, maybe best to use it now uh, rather than never. So great title. But and by the way, I have I last week I had a great title for uh, a, a great Glover to share a related title. That I didn't use, but I am going to save it. I'm going to save it for Glover Teixeira's last fight. So listeners, remind me if I forget uh, whenever Glover retires or whenever we think he's retiring. We've seen him walk off into the, to the sunset that uh, I do have a great title that, uh, that I may have to sing. There's another tease. Ooh. Uh, yes. Uh, Barry O'Reilly, solo point for you, sir. Uh, Sandhagen versus Song Yadon. Looks like that is happening September 17th. So well done, Barry O'Reilly. And uh, shared points for everyone. Uh, Dominic Cruz versus Marlon Vera, UFC San Diego, August 13th, Aljo versus TJ Dillashaw. Not the fight we wanted, not the fight a lot of us wanted, but a lot of us thought uh, could definitely happen September 10th. And uh, Guido Canetti versus Randy Costa. Uh, We had a couple people predict that one. I don't know how you guys did it. You guys have way too much time on your hands, but we got a couple of those. Uh, That's going down apparently on October 1st. So there we go. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Bay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Uh, all right. Disclaim away before you go to the peeps. Yes. Categories rule again, guys. You're, you're really only getting a solo point if you're the only person who had it, at least in my picks, if I see it. Uh, guys, please watch out with his mistakes. Wrong weight class. People who fought already. People who have a notable injury that we know aren't coming back. People who have been released. That's just a tricky one. Uh, fighters could already be booked. This is very easy to check on. And uh, they could be teammates, best friends, things like that. Like Mike and I, we would never fight. And uh, most importantly, your pick just might be doo-doo. And uh, we don't want to read that. All right, let's get into this thing. We haven't heard from Robbie Ryan in a little bit, so let's get to him first. His first pick is Demir Ismagulov versus Grant Dawson. Both on long streaks, appropriate rankings matchup to elevate one of them to next step. I like it. Popular pick, popular pick. I like it. Uh, Robbie Ryan picks Joaquin Buckley versus Chris Curtis. I know Chris is booked, but maybe it's just a win or lose type situation. Wait, did he say that? Is that you saying that for him? I'm saying that for him. Come on, Robbie Ryan. Come on. Curtis is fighting Hidalfo Vieira. And, yeah, I think, I mean, we're we just going to have Buckley run through the, Buckley wanted to fight the, run through the gauntlet of Glory MMA, and now we're going to run, he does one camp at Extreme Couture, and now we're going to have him run through the gauntlet at Extreme Couture, Dariaf, and now Chris Curtis. I mean, I like it. I like it. Isn't this fight next week, Curtis and Vieira? Yeah. 
he didn't. So, you know, I you have to he listen. Robbie Ryan, Ryan. No, does he? Robbie Ryan. This fight is next week. You have to. You can't just not mention Adolfo Vanna. Come on. I don't know. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt. Fine. Kevin, you're, as you're as you're right. <laughs> Kevin Holland versus Nico Price. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen. He also says the judges got Cater versus Emmett wrong. He likes Emmett versus the winner of Ortega versus Jair on July 16th. His wild card pick AK is a somber one, and he actually mentions you by name in this one. The wild card selection. His head is shaking right now. He knows where this is going. It is Adrian Yanez versus one Frankie Edgar. Sorry, AK, he says. Frankie is a good, well-rounded, experienced step up to test Yanez. Still ranked number 11 at Bantamweight. A win for Yanez gives him a big-name scalp and claims a top 10 opponent next. Yeah, I also got I also got that from Daniel Edwards on Instagram. So at least I don't have to read it again. Uh, I said I, I would read it under duress. So, um, <laughs> I, I, sorry, this was this was uh, Yanez or Stamen? This is Yanez. This is Yanez. Okay, either way. Uh, yeah, well, okay, sorry. I, I got I got Stamen versus Edgar Fick that made me upset. Uh, Yanez, I almost, I'm going to be honest, I almost, like, made that pick myself. Because um, Yanez, I want to see him move up. I want to see him move up. Um, I went with Kyler Phillips, but I actually have Kyler Phillips behind him in the rankings. If I wanted to move up, I mean, there has to be a name above him um, with a reputation that he can take. And Edgar makes a lot of sense. And it, and man, in their in, in their in his prime, I'd pick Edgar to take beat Yana's like any day of the week. But we are clearly very far from Frankie Edgar's prime. So uh, I fully agree this match should be booked, and I can't wait to see um, Edgar have to pull out of it for whatever reason. So very excited about that. I actually like the matchup. I think it's it's good. I think it's a good one. I, Frankie Edgar and Adrian Yanez striking would be a lot of fun. It just would be a lot of fun. And as fun as that is, that is not that is not the Yanez listener selection that I that I teased earlier. Uh, this one I think is even better, but we'll go to that in a moment. Tino Alvarez, Roman Delize versus Andre Petrosky, Phil Haas versus Brendan Allen, Stamen versus Timor Valiev. Maria Oliveira versus Silvania Gomez Juarez. Got a yeah. few of those. Yeah, Ricardo yeah. Hamas versus Julian Arosa. That was a popular one. Love it. Jeremiah Wells versus Francisco Trinaldo. Natalia Silva versus oh. Ariane Lipsky. Adrian Yanez versus Kyler Phillips. Greg Rodriguez versus Anthony Hernandez. Isabagula versus Bobby Green if he beats Jim Miller. Joaquin Buckley versus Chidi Bang Bang. Kevin Holland versus Randy Brown. Josh Emmett versus depending on the result of Yair versus Ortega and Volk versus Max. If Yair wins, he will most likely fight for the title, especially if it's Volk. If Ortega wins, Emmett will probably get the title shot. If Emmett doesn't get the title shot, match him up with Arnold Allen. Also, if somehow Volk or Max move up after this fight, I could see Emmett versus the winner of Ortega-Yair, possibly for the interim title. A lot to unpack there, but you're not wrong. It's complicated, the 145. AK, get your Jacksonville call ready because we're about to hear from Kevin from... Shout out Duval. Kevin from Duval. Greg Rodriguez versus Roman Delize. Adrian Yanez versus Victor Henry. Like that fight a lot. I just don't know. Henry's 1-0 in the UFC. I feel like Yanez is a little bit ahead of that, but Henry's win was a memorable one. Natalia Silva versus Melissa Gatto. Jeremiah... Wait, no, sorry. So what, what, what was that pick again? Yanez versus Henry. Uh, Victor Henry. Yeah. 
That wasn't so. That wasn't the Giannis pick that you were super jazzed about. No, I like this one. Oh, but it's not the I one. thought that was the one. I love. Okay, because I love. I got. I got. A, I got a couple of those. I got a, more than a couple of those, and I loved that one. Oh, that's interesting. A great one. Okay, that's not the one though. There's Let one. Let me see that, what else. And I and only one person said this, and after seeing it, I'm stunned that not more said it. But let's continue. Okay. Okay. I think I'm, now. Oh boy. Now I, I still think I know what it is, but my first choice was wrong. Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Continue. Natalia Silva versus Bill Gato. Jeremiah Wells versus Chaos Williams. Fun. Phil Haas versus the middleweighty middleweight king himself, Christoph Chocko. Yeah. Canadian Bryant. Good morning, Mike and AK. I could tell. I could tell you. I love these early starting cards just a little bit more than you guys being on Atlantic time. Wild card pick: Phil Haas versus Daniel Cormier. Haha. <laughs> just kidding. Haas versus Julian Marquez too. Adrian Yanez versus Rafael Asuncao. Still number 15. Don't see Giannis getting a top 15 with the win over Tony Kelly. It's... Asensio is a mystery right now. Because I don't know if he's still under you. I don't have no, I have no idea. I have to ask about that. I keep promise. Every time Asensio's name comes up, I, I say I'm going to ask about it. And then I forget. And I'm probably going to forget again. But if I remember, I will try. Gregory Rodriguez versus the loser. Brad Tavares versus Drickus Duplessis. Isma Gulov versus Gregor Gillespie. There's no friggin' way Gregor Gillespie's taking that fight. There's but I zero saw a lot of people saying. Happens. I saw a lot of people saying that that is the fight to make, though. Like, yeah, it's it, there are many fights that should have been made for Gregor Gillespie, but he's not gonna fight. If he wasn't gonna fight Sarukian, he's not fighting his Magulov. There's just no risk reward. He wants to fight in front of him. Eventually, he's gonna have he to fight to, to be here. I'm saying he has to fight somebody. Right, but he just won't. But he seems fine just not fighting anybody unless he gets a guy ranked in front of him. And if you just don't want to fight, that's fine. Kevin Holland versus Sean Brady likes that idea. Josh Emmett versus Max Holloway. In parentheses, if he loses to Alex, if Max wins, they're going to run it back. In that case, give Emmett the winner of Yair versus Ortega. Please, UFC, if he fights Max, make that fight in Hawaii. There you go. Any card in Hawaii would be great. Please. Um, Is this the one? Is this the one? No, it's not the one. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, let me have a, let me have another guess. Let me have another guess before you give me your your fave Yanez pick. I'm trying to see. I'm trying to see where it is. Is this it? Yep, it is it. I'm gonna save that. Do you want me to do it now? Or you want me to save it? Do it now, because my curiosity is eating away at me. Okay, hold on. Is it? Can I guess? Hold on. It's Marcus, who I've not been very kind to on this show for his matchmaking, but he may have just come up with the perfect selection for Adrian Yadis. But he likes Emmett Allen. He likes Cater of Loyev, Holland Chiesa, Buckley Chidi, Isma Gulov Dawson, Rodriguez versus Nasruddin Imovov, Jeremiah Wells, Chaos Williams, Adrian Yanez versus Go. All right, so yeah, I have two. Let me have two more guesses. Okay. Uh, Rob Font? No. Cody Garbrandt. Yes. Okay. That's, I should have known. Yeah, because that's another one I saw, and I was like, oh, right. I'm like, yeah. That is yeah. a tremendous pick. That is the correct answer. I actually don't think there's any, I, I actually don't think there's any other answer. I think everybody else is wrong, and this is the fight. <laughs> like, this is the fight. Because Cody was booked to fight Hani, uh, Ronnie Yaya July 9th. I know Yaya's team, because we reported that this fight was off, that it was an injury, and for Team Garbrandt, they were willing to wait a little bit. They're hoping to fight August 20th. 
on that Salt Lake City card. It doesn't seem like Ronnie Yaya is going to be ready for that August 20th card. UFC 278 in Salt Lake City. But you know who probably will be ready? Adrian Yanez will probably be ready because he just had a first-round knockout win. So I love this idea. I think it's the perfect fight. It's If it's not going to be you know, a top 10 guy or a ranked dude, Cody Garbrandt's about as good as it gets for Adrian Yanez, is it not? You said, so you said likely in Utah. Yeah. It's too late to save the July 9th uh booking right probably i don't think Giannis is gonna fight july 9th he just had a okay. kid he's he's, he's talked he talked to me about like how bummed he kind of was during this training camp because he can sure. only see his kid in the morning and then by the time he gets home from training his the baby's sleeping so he only gets like he only gets like a, a just a small bit of time on a daily during training camps with the baby so I'm sure he wants to spend some time with the baby, and then we'll talk again. But if he gets Cody Garbrandt, maybe August 20th, boy, that's uh, that's got to scratch him right where he itches. And uh, and that was not an easy fight either. We said the Tony Kelly, like people are gonna remember the finish. That was not an easy fight by any stretch. No. So you probably do want to take a little bit of time to uh, to recover from that. My only my only thing I like about the Garbrandt thing is we are now going in the like polar opposite direction of the of the Yaya. I, I, you know, we all loved the Yaya booking because we were like, okay, at, at least in this scenario, presumably, even though uh, uh, Honey Yaya has shown some, uh, he kind of has some fun on the feet, he's probably not going to one shot, you know, cold KO Cody Garbrandt. We go to Yanez. I mean, I, I don't know if I like this for Cody's brain. I don't think, it's just, I think Yanez will just, it's just a highlight real KO waiting to happen. And, only, and I, I, I mean, possibly Garbrandt KOs him, but. I don't know, man. The way they're going, I think it's 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 one way traffic for uh, Yanez. But I, I agree, it's a fascinating matchup to make. It makes a lot of sense because Cody, you're right, probably still wants to fight within the next few months, um, and doesn't want to have to wait for Yaya if it takes longer than that. I see it. I see. I do see it happening. It is a very very good pick. I love the pick, uh, Gerard Biagin. Let's see if we get anything new. Tim Means versus the Robbie Lawler, Brian Barberina loser. Is Magulov versus the Brad Riddell, Jalen Turner winner? I like that idea a lot. I almost went with that myself. Gregory Rodriguez versus the Bruno Silva, Gerald Mearshart winner. Yanez versus Stamen because Cody used to be top 15, has never been KO'd. Winner gets ranked. That was the one I like. I still like that one. I still think Garbrandt's better, but that's I love that one. Hamos versus Kulibau. Phil Haas, Jun Young Park. Roman Delize versus the winner of Muradoff versus Magomedov. Bonus since Cerrone fight got canceled. Let's do Donald Cerrone versus Clay Guida. They have history at Jackson's same stage in their career. I like that idea. Donald Cerrone and Clay Guida. All right. It'd be very friendly. It'd be a very, very, very friendly matchup. They'd be chumming it up all fight week. It'd be very friendly. Super friendly, which is fine, which is fine for Donald Cerrone. That's great. Drew Hilty. Been a while, but that fight card was insane. Thought Cater won two, four, five, but no robbery. Emmett versus winner of Ortega Yair, interim title because Volk challenges for the lightweight strap. Uh, Means, he's lobbying for Robbie, win or lose for Mr. Tim Means. Isma Gulov versus Hanato Moicano. I like, that's not a bad idea. Yanez versus Hayoni Barcelos. Perfect test to see if he's ready for top 15 competition. Wildcard Haas versus Daniel Cormier. But really, it's Haas versus the middleweighty middleweight champion, Christoph Jocko. Did he actually say that too? 
Is everyone calling? Or are you just no, adding? I'm it? just I'm just adding it. That's oh, okay. Nickname. You are now calling him. His, that's his new nickname. Yeah, the yeah, middleweighty middleweight. I mean, if there's an NMF and a BMF, there's middleweighty middleweight. Christopher. Okay. Yo, Mike, been missing heck of a morning due to the time change, but still listen on Spotify. You rock. Keep up the awesomeness. I'll try to catch a live show again soon. Here are my picks from tonight's crazy card. Now I'm off to sleep for a few hours for the early start for the match. Tension versus Takaru. Delize versus Jun Young Park. Stamen versus Julio Arce. Maria Oliveira. Monsterat Ruiz. Ricardo Hamos. Alex Caceres. Let him spin. Jeremiah Wells. Alex Barodo. Natalia Silva. Montana De La Rosa. Good pick. Yanez versus... Sean O'Malley, irrespective of the result against Munoz. Holland versus Rodriguez. I like that fight a lot. John Ray, last one for me. Sorry, I need but... to see. Yeah, I need to see. I need to see Daniel Rodriguez back in there. I'm out. Daniel Rodriguez, where are you at? Let's go. Yeah, I gotta try to get an update. John Ray, final one. Sorry about the Celtics. As a Blazers fan, I could say in all honesty, I did not want to see the Warriors win again. I'm sure you're not alone <laughs> because the Warriors just. I mean, it's just easy to dislike, my friends. Very easy to dislike. Uh, he likes Delize versus Haas. Cody Stamen versus Cody Garbrandt because he wants a quick turnaround. I believe these guys are like full-fledged teammates now, so I don't know uh, if that fight happens because I know they're both at Extreme Couture. I don't know. Maybe. I'm sure Stamen would probably have to think about fighting Cody Garbrandt if that was offered, but I would say probably not. Silva versus Carolina. Yanez versus the Sunso, or as I like to call it, Mazadal versus the Sunso 2. Ismagulov versus Sarukian Gamrot loser. Buckley versus the Tavares Duplessis loser. Holland Pajeda. Emmett Volk if he wins, if Max wins. Ortega Rodriguez winner. On the UAK. All right, all right. Well, uh, we mentioned a bunch of these already. Emmett, there's just so many directions that uh, the listeners went in. Yeah, title shot um, versus the the uh, trilogy winner. Uh, Emmett versus Arnold Allen. Uh, and Emmett versus uh, Yair Rodriguez, Ortega, winner, loser, some combination there. Um, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of options for him. That's hey, that's when you win, when you win uh, main events. Guess what? You get yourself a lot of options, a lot of big fights. So, uh, yeah, Cater versus Arnold Allen. Uh, maybe Arnold Allen was the biggest winner of this night because the fact that it ended in a split call did not put either of these fighters out of his range. And again, they're both ranked higher than him. And if Arnold Allen can get that fight and take out either of those guys, finally entrench himself firmly in the top ten. Um, yeah, Holland was all over the place. Sean Brady, Randy Brown, Michelle Pereira, uh, Daniel Rodriguez, uh, and some people with me, with me on Wonderboy. Uh, Cad Bane's Revenge, our pal Scott McCrate said, the Sean Brady call is brave, but I think it would be it would look like Holland's last couple of fights at middleweight. Uh, Mike, do you agree? Do you agree that Sean Brady would just wrestle Holland to death? Do you think um, you know the being in a different weight class isn't gonna isn't gonna fix that issue for for Holland? Sorry, I'm muted. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, listen, this is why I want the Kiesa fight. I want to see if that gap is closed. Oh, same, same idea. Yeah. yeah. Same I, idea. I want yeah, to see right. if Just that the gap is closed. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, but we don't I know. Think we're help. not going to know the answer. By the way, we have some breaking news, yeah. AK. I, we have some very important oh breaking news. Do it. Do it. Um, speaking of Bantamweights, Eddie Wyland has officially announced his retirement. Oh, Happy trails. Uh, let's do a quick. Let's do a quick happy trails because we're not going to remember to do it at the end of the show. We never do. Uh, so I will read his statements right now because it just came Please. out like ten minutes ago. I didn't get an opportunity to leave my gloves in the cage, but as Jim Morrison once sang, "This is the end." The road I've traveled over the past almost twenty years has seen many highs and lows. It's been a fun ride, but this train has reached its final destination. 
I am forever grateful and extremely thankful for the opportunities given by the UFC, Dana White and Sean Shelby, everything you guys and the company have done for and given to me, I am forever grateful. Thank you. And thank you to the fans who have always stood in my corner, officially retired, end of the road. Thank you for the memories, time to turn the page and on to the next chapter in life. Eddie Wyman, legend. Happy legend. trails, sir. Uh, he was going to turn uh, – he just signed a new contract, which I mentioned on air. Uh, but you still got the sense that any – like it was a you know for, standard four-fight deal that any one of those fights could have been his last. It turned out to be, I guess, the very first fight on this new deal. Uh, he turns 38 next weekend. So, again, that's 38 in normal human years. Keep in mind he also has – that was his 41st professional fight. So take that 38 and maybe add a, a 10 – 15 more hard years on there because uh, again most of us when we turn 37 38 have not been through the uh the wars this man has been through he was the inaugural wec bantamweight champion that is a very big deal this was a time of course when the ufc didn't have a bantamweight division this is not to say that wineland or anyone who held the wc titles were like the default best bantamweight or default best featherweight in the world because obviously over in japan there was a hell of a lot of bantamweight and featherweight talent um but it's still a very nice title to have again to, to say it was, it was the inaugural um he remained a contender in wc for a long time he's racked, racked up some bonuses there he's fought a lot of big names uriah faber joseph benavidez barrow uh john dodson even more recently sean o'malley uh, and all those names, listen, I, I mentioned he didn't beat them, but uh, the fact that he was always up there was always considered a tough test and, and uh, was always a guy who was kind of kind of in those fights. Um, it says a lot about him. The fight for Brow was for interim UFC gold. So if you want to say, uh, did he fight for a UFC title? Yeah, he did. He did. Interim, certainly. But a title that be, actually that title later became the um, uh, became undisputed with uh, Donna Cruz being up for so long. So that's a big feather in his cap. Um Knockouts in the UFC wins, uh, sorry, knockout wins in the UFC. Uh, Yves Jabouin, uh, Frankie Sainz, Takei Muzagaki, very tough guys, tough veterans just like him. So, yeah, really nice career. Uh, one of those ones where he finishes 24 16 and 1, and some people are going to look at it and be like, oh, what, what was the big deal? But again, in, in his prime, one of the top 10 bantamweights in the world. And, uh, and again, a guy who always, who always brought a scrap. So good for him, good for him that he's walking away. His third straight loss by knockout, all in the first round. It's, it's good to see the writing in the wall. And uh, who knows? I'm sure we'll, you know, maybe we'll see him cornering, still see him on UFC broadcasts um, and, uh, and still hear from him because, uh, yeah, one of those guys who one of those WC guys who I think people are, you know, will, will be forgotten if uh, those of us in the media and if a certain segment of fans don't you know, don't remind people like what what a position he once held uh, in the business. Well said, AK. Well said. And happy trails indeed. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Yeah. So uh, again, I'm, I'm, I was happy to interrupt. Like I said, we we always forget to do that later. So happy trails. Uh, just going back uh, to the listener picks now. Uh, yes, Buckley versus Rodriguez was very popular. Hayes III wrote, uh, "Rodriguez continues to put on impressive fights." As for Buckley, a big win for cats everywhere and a good performance. But for this matchup, are you telling me a fight between these two wouldn't be awesome? Uh, Hayes, I don't think anyone's saying that. I think everyone's very excited. I saw a couple of these. Demir Ismagulov versus Dan Hooker. Our pal Tristan Cordet, uh, Gordet explained it. Uh, he says, I'm sorry to have to do this to Hooker, but he would have to understand knowing the position he's in. And I feel Demir is ready for someone in the top 15. Uh, Hooker, of course, was in the top 15 before he uh, moved down to, to featherweight, uh, tried to make that move back down to featherweight. I don't think he's ranked in ours, ours anymore. If the, if the UFC runs it back with uh, Garam, I'd be okay with that as well. But uh, yeah, I did see some people saying Ismagulov and Hooker. 
Uh, I saw some people say uh, quite a few is Magulov versus the Riddell Turner winner. That's going down UFC 276 July 2nd. I love that one. Uh, what else we got? I'm just looking more consensus picks here. Oh, Adrian Yanez versus the Ricky Simone. Uh, Jack Shore, winner or loser. Some combination there. UFC uh, on ABC3 July 16th. Natalia Silva versus Luana Carolina. Liam Perry writes, in a night filled with finishes, I hope they give Silva a performance bonus or at least take care of her. Her performance was near flawless, a beautiful addition to the women's flyweight division. So, man, people are high on Natalia Silva after that, uh, after that fight. You talk about taking someone else's hype because Jasmine Jastavicius was a big favorite. She uh, came off the Contender Series. Um, that's how you take someone else's hype. I mean, everyone, nobody's talking about Jasmine Jastavicius today. Everyone's talking about Natalia Silva. That's pretty crazy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, let me get to let me get to the actual uh, again. There's a lot of consensus picks, guys. Your consensus picks are noted. So if you don't hear them, if you don't hear your pick right out, it probably means two or three other people had it. All right. Let me go to email first. The Otno Coin Collector likes uh, Kevin Holland versus Jake Matthews, Joaquin Buckley versus Calvin Gastelum, Adrian Yanez, Casey Kenny, uh, uh, Jeremiah Wells. Sorry, my brain just froze there because I love this matchup so much. I know uh, this guy's coming off a loss, but Jeremiah Wells versus Andre Fialio. Mm, so good. So good. Make it happen. I don't care. Wins, losses. Just make it happen. And Phil Haas versus Edmund Shabazian. Jay Donaghy also likes the Bucky versus, Buckley versus Jocko matchup. Let me go to our guy, Tristan Gordet, again. Uh, Tristan's always with uh, well-thought comments, emails, calls into uh, Heck of a Morning. He says, to the Prince of Positivity, I have come over to your side. I will temper my expectations on top prospects playing the wait and see game tristan of course uh, and i have butted heads on sort of how high to go with like aaron blanchfield for example he says i will not lie to you i got pretty shook when made that uh when jed made that smoke and mirrors comment about both Darayev and uh shavkat on the no bets barred uh last week's episode as i mentioned to mike on heck of a morning i guess you're right though i just really don't want to be made a fool of thinking a top prospect will be contending for a title one day so there you go uh, Tristan, I'll just say, like, I don't have any problem with people like bigging up, you know, prospects, like young prospects. It's more about uh, just being like too, like, you know, dug in and saying like, oh, anyone who doesn't think this prospect is going to make it, you know, go all the way is crazy. But th- don't never apologize for believing, Tristan. Never apologize for believing and for and for trying to, uh, you know, get in the bandwagon early and get in, and be be the one like driving that train. Uh, I fully support it. Uh, Tristan also likes Cater versus Ortega, Yair loser, Yanez versus Barcelos, and Rodriguez versus the Curtis, uh, Chris Curtis Valletta winner. That's right, guys. You gotta, you know, he mentioned, he knows the fight is happening. Uh, and also an email, Casey Carpenter. Uh, great work by everyone. Thank, uh, congratulating me on my BTL victory. Very rare. Thank you, Casey. Uh, have not had a Dana White impression in a while. You know, I don't think you're gonna hear Rodney Dana Field in a while. Um, it needs a little, I'm taking it back to the shop. It needs a bit of work. Kutitlatse versus... Pachel and Emmett versus Mitchell. That rhymed inadvertently, but I, I like that. I'm going to go to Instagram. We have a first timer. We need first timer music. Um, there's a great song by Elliot Smith called First Timer, but it's really like depressing. So probably not, probably not where we want to go. Feels with that. like the first time. Oh, who sings that one? Journey. Right? Wow. I think you're right. Yeah, my my no, journey. No, or is it uh, or is it foreigner? I don't. Uh, Boston. I don't know. I get all those bands confused. So it's foreigner. It's foreigner. <laughs> it's foreigner. Okay. Okay. It's okay. one of those. I get all those bands. Boston journey foreigner. I get them all mixed up. Uh, David Cartwright. Yes, I'm sorry. First timer. 
Uh, Emmett I, versus Yair Ortega winner. Holland versus Jeff Neal. Buckley versus uh, Gregory Rodriguez. Ismagulov, Gillespie. Yanez, Kyler Phillips. Uh, Buckley versus... No, which one was this? Uh, Holland versus uh, Neal. Mike, did you know that that would be a rematch? What would it, Holland versus Neil? Holland versus Neil. They fought in the regional scene. Yes, I do know that. Oh, you do. And Neil won. Neil won, right? Neil, I believe so, yes. 2017. I don't know if David Cartwright mentioned it, but uh, either way. So yes, it I have no problem. I, think, I like the idea. I do like the yeah. idea, though. Yeah. They're both Texas boys, uh, so I imagine that's why that fight happens. And uh, yeah, hey, give it four years ago, five years ago now almost. Give it, let's, let's run it back. John, just John on Instagram, uh, Cater versus Ortega, Rodriguez, loser. Is Magula Fajeda close winner? Uh, I know you like that one, Mike. Rodriguez versus Malkoon. And uh, how about uh, Cody Stamen versus Collar Phillips? Uh, Matt Bradbury, uh, let's see. I'm just I'm going to try and skip over ones I know we've already said. Um, yep, another uh, Matt Bradbury also loves Giannis versus Garbrandt, so there you go. That's out there. Uh, delete save versus Robocop. Yeah, I think, let me just say before I run over a lot of these middleweight picks. <laughs> Uh, I, I would be shocked if if our our no listeners didn't nail some of these picks because there was four middleweight fights on the card. Uh, so we should have somehow we're going to land one of these upcoming fights with like either Enjo Kawani, Anthony Hernandez, uh, you know, whatever other names that we've kind of mentioned. I think we're on the right track, people. I think we are going to be sharing a lot of no points in the near future. Uh, I'd be shocked if uh, again, if, if we don't nail at least a couple, like get the right matchup for two of these middleweight winners. Because we put all our brain power together, and damn it, it is it is significant. Uh, Daniel Edwards, this is the guy who I was talking about before. He said Stamen versus Frankie Edgar. Yeah, the less said, the better. Uh, Jeremiah Wells versus uh, uh, Jake Matthews. Just rebook it. Just rebook the Matt Wells matchup for uh, for Matt Wells' sake. So, yeah, so that, that one needs to happen. Uh, Blake Lewitt likes Yanez versus Stamen. There you go. Dylan Shute likes Haas versus Njokawani. MMA heads with some nice picks here. Holland versus the Li Jingliang Salikov winner. That's going down July 16th. You see on ABC3. Natalia Silva versus Marina Moroz uh, Eubanks winner July 9th. Maria Oliveira versus Pierre Rodriguez. Damon versus Kyung Ho Kang. Delete Zay versus Anthony Hernandez. And Fedor Sweater says Natalia Silva versus Melissa Gatto. The fight that people want to see. Okay. All right. I guess people would... <laughs> listen. I'm not listen. I'm the prince of positivity. I'm not always in touch with uh, with the people. Uh, I'm not always down with OPP, uh, Mike. You know other people's picks. Uh, sometimes I'm way off. I'm not, <laughs> not on the same page. All right. Let's go to uh, let's finish off with our Twitter guys here. We got two first timers, uh, Sounders slash MMA uh, account apparently dedicated to the uh, Seattle Sounders and also MMA. I'll just call them Sounders MMA from now on. Uh, first timer, Emmett versus. Volkanovsky if he beats Holloway, Kader versus Avloyev. Uh, and they wrote that, he said they wrote that during the uh, round four of the main event. So if Kader won, then these picks are void. Well, don't worry, Kader did not win, so your picks are on point, Sounders. Thank you for that. Uh, Joe Corbin, another first timer. I want to read this one out if I can just find it. There's uh, There we go. Uh, first submission, hope I'm doing it right. You did it just right, Joe. Uh, Haas versus Buckley, Wells versus Price, Yanez versus Simone Shore winner. Again, I really like that one. Rodriguez, Anthony Hernandez, Holland, Pereira, Cowboy. Mike Cowboy versus Nick Diaz, loser leaves town. Hmm. I would, I'd be okay with that fight. I'd be okay with it. Not at middleweight. Do it at 170. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. 180, whatever, 180, 180, 175. 
170. Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying, it's Come tough. It's, it's tough for Nick Diaz to make weight. It's a lot to ask. I mean, God, God, he's gonna. He's got like 20 pounds on Cowboys. Come on. Now. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, and yes, it probably. I would have to. Well, no, it won't be. I keep talking about it. If I won't be loser release town for Cowboy, I really do think he wants to hit that 40 UFC fights slash 50. Uh, UFC W combined WC combined fights, and then uh, Cater versus Zombie. If Zombie is not retired, I don't think Zombie's retired. I know why people would think that he's he's very he wears his heart to sleep, and he's very discouraged after uh, after that recent loss, of course. But I think we see Zombie fight again. I think he wants at least the chance to go out on top. Um, uh, Volkanovski was a very very on short notice was a very very tough. I guess not really short notice, but either way, as a replacement, you know, that's a tough ask. And uh, Delice versus Shabazzian. So thank you, Joe Corbin. Okay, the rest of these I'm going to try and run through. I got one of your – I took one of your listeners. Mike, I took one of your pick senders, Francesco from Italy. What? He's, he's no longer on Instagram, so he cannot reach out to you. No longer wow. on Instagram. All yeah, right. Hey, so, listen. Uh, I'm okay with that. We're all, in, we're all friends. We're all friends here. Obviously, he would have sent to you, Mike, if he was on Instagram. Uh, he likes Holland versus Masvidal. There's no way Masvidal wants to do that fight. And uh, Haas versus Petrosky. And he says two because apparently they had a grappling match uh, this past December, which Petrovsky won by decision. So there you go. Kind of a rematch of sorts. That'd be a fun one for Haas. I mean, Petrovsky has a lot more to gain from that fight. I think Haas has been up more up there in the rankings, but I don't mind it. James McDonald, Natalia Silva versus Amanda Hibas. Uh, a lot of people thought Natalia was giving off Hibas vibes after, kind of with her energy and bounciness. And uh, I don't know if Amanda's sticking around at 125, but if she did, I guess... That wouldn't be terrible, her and Natalia Silva. Yeah, sure. I'm assuming they're not teammates or best friends or anything, not as far as I know. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, uh, Silva's with team, uh, the uh, Paulo Costa team. Yeah, I would, uh, um, I'd probably hold off on that, but I mean, if it happens, it happens. I think he just like the thought it. of it. Just the thought of it. The cheery, cheery Brazilian uh, flyweight fight, I think is what he's thinking of. Such yeah. a smiley fight. Uh, Liam Perry. Oh, my gosh. It'd be a joy to watch. Liam Perry, Delice, Anthony Hernandez, Haas versus Gaslam, Dax at Pike Putt, Emmett versus Vloyev, Haas versus Marquez 2. Oh, yes, right. I like this one, yes, because they, uh, of course, Marquez won a contender series contract uh, with a head, vicious head kick knockout of Phil Haas, and that was almost five years ago now, I think, so uh, they're very different fighters. I like that, Dax. Uh, well done. I'm actually, I'm actually really into that fight. Though, again, like Marquez coming off a loss, but I still like it. Richard Barnes, Rodriguez versus Terman, Yanez versus Gutierrez. Great fight. Mary Oliveira versus Ashley Yoder. I just keep forgetting Ashley Yoder is still around. Uh, Marcus McGahee. Thank you again for giving us the title of this week's episode. Haas versus Tavares, Duplessis, loser. Yanez uh, versus Valiev. Stamen versus Benito Lopez. Where's Benito Lopez, Mike? Is he just being a dad? Is he just enjoying life being a dad and not having to cut weight and being in real estate, I think? I'm just basing this on his social media. I guess so. I have no idea. It's a great yeah, he hasn't fought since He hasn't fought since like 2020. So he's like well over like the two-year mark now. But yeah, if you go to his social media, seems to be happy just being a, being a proud papa. And uh, I believe he is in real estate now. And as you guys know from Ally Quinta, once you start making that real estate money, Fighting kind of takes a back seat. It really doesn't become one of your priorities. I guarantee he's making significantly more in real estate than he is from the UFC. Uh, Braden O'Neill, Hamos versus Steven Peterson, Holland versus Alex Morano, Maria Oliveira versus uh, McKenna, Corey McKenna and Miranda Granger. Whenever they fight on August 6th, sure. 
Ain't no expert. Buckley versus Anthony Hernandez. Again, like I was telling you guys, we got these middleweight fights covered. Uh, Wells versus Chiesa. So maybe he's the one who gets the Chiesa fight to step up. Four Corner Sports NY. I wanted to read this. Emmett versus Brian Ortega. Oh, because I, he's <laughs> just going out and saying, I think Yeri is going to KO Ortega at UFC Long Island. So there, there you go. go. Bold. Yes, bold call there. Is Magula versus Moises, Giago's winner. That's going down June 25th. Uh, Wells versus Baeza, Buckley versus Heinrich. Good picks there. Hayes the third. Uh, Silva versus Aldrich. Again, I kind of mentioned there, you know, that's the, the litmus test people. Uh, Hamos versus Jordan. If he loses to Burgos, July 16th. Uh, Stamen versus Valley. And I want to read their last comments. <laughs> Is the UFC applying your idea with booking uh, Frankie Edgar to the uh, <clears throat> to what's going on with the Cowboy Lozon fight? Like, are they just throwing them in there? Like, essentially, are they making a hypothetical fight because it's cool to see on a card, you know, Cowboy versus Lozon, but it's never actually going to happen? Uh, could be worth looking into. Yeah, I, I, don't, I mean, yes, uh, it is kind of funny that we we talked so much about these fights and they got canceled on the day of. But uh, yeah, maybe 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 there's something to be said about theoretical booking. I'm just saying. Uh, Sean, I got a lot here. I'm almost done though. Sean Haywood. Maria Oliveira versus Brianna Fortino, you know, whenever she comes back. Uh, Wells versus Tim Means. I could see that. Wells versus Tim Means. Thomas Collins, Hamos versus Elkins, Dolize versus Chidi and Jokowani. Uh At Emilio Plays, didn't want me to talk about what happened with the Celtics, so I won't. I think, I guess, a fellow Massachusettsian. Um, Michael? Uh, Holland versus Gaslam. Some of these already. Stamen versus Jonathan Martinez. Hamos versus Bogdazarian. Wells versus Semmelsberger, banger. Mike, what do you think of Natalia Silva versus Molly McCann, Hannah Goldie winner going down UFC London? I'm in. Um, yeah? I don't know. I don't know. I, have to think I think they'd want to keep... Natalia Silva looks dangerous, and I don't know if they want to put McCann in there with her. Yeah, you're not sending Natalia not Silva to London <laughs> to fight. Molly McCann. That too. That too. Yeah. Because Molly uh, McCann yeah, should right. not fight anywhere else. Should only fight. Exactly. She beats Hannah Goldie and then fights in London again. Or, God willing, someday Liverpool. Oh, that that would be a friggin' riot. I mean, literally, that'll be a riot. I'd be very scared for all the fighters and staff and everyone and other and fans at that arena because it would just get completely out of control. Uh, last couple here. Chris G. Martin is Magulov versus Mark O'Madsen. I like it. I like it. I think the Olympian deserves a big fight. Maybe Ismagalov is it. Hamos versus Gavin Tucker. And I give Barry O'Reilly the honors. Uh, Barry O'Reilly always writes really well long thought out comments. I hate that I can't read them all. Our man in Ireland uh, likes Delizze versus Heinish, Hamos versus Landwer. Um, uh, and this is just among a bunch of other good picks. And then Natalia Silva versus Karine Silva. And this is what Barry O'Reilly has to say. Natalia looked amazing in this fight. And was shocked to see her uh, three wins before this were by submission. Dangerous everywhere. Both had impressive debuts, and they have the same last name. I guess that is the Silva lining. God, that's impressive. The Silva, the Silva lining. I mean, this is the best right, episode for that line because it's Father's Day, and that is like dad joke <laughs> yeah. to the max. Perfect. Barry, I don't know if you are a dad, but that was certainly dad joke quality. Uh, the Silva lining. Okay, everyone. So anyway, uh, if you want to send more jokes. No, actually, please don't send me more jokes like that. If you just want to send your picks uh, on Twitter, at Alexander K. Lee. Instagram, at Alexander K. K. Lee. Email alex.lee at espionation.com. All right. UFC Austin is in the books. We are 
on the road to International Fight Week, UFC 276. We got one more stop, and it's right down the road from the T-Mobile Arena. Back after, it just kind of stinks, AK. We go to Singapore, crowd, emotionally invested. We go to Austin, crowd, emotionally invested. And now we're going back to the damn warehouse. We're going back to the Apex. For UFC Vegas, it's 57, 58? I don't even remember. UFC oh gosh, uh, 57, 57. 57, I believe. And it's a it's a pretty solid card. Now, if you're a newer fan, are these names going to knock your socks off from a star level potential? No, but from a, as Jose Youngs like to put it, a high level martial arts perspective, this card is fire. Main event, I love this fight. One of my favorite fights of the year. Armand Sarukian versus Matush Gamrot. Five. This is a title. This is a rounds. title fight in any, in any other organized. Like this could have been a case. Like Sarukian could have challenged Gamrot for the KSW title. This could be a belt or a title. This is a title fight in any other organization. This is a like. Remember how WWF had Money in the Bank, the ladder match, and if you got that briefcase <laughs> in the first few years, it was a guarantee you were going to become the champion of the world. This is the lightweight version of Money in the Bank. Oh, you think the winner will at some point in the next fight, like, 12 months will go on. The winner of this fight will be the champion. Will be we'll the be, world champion. Not even challenge for it. You think the winner will become world champion? Yes. Holy cow. That is a that is a fire take. Yep. I mean, I've been saying Suru is going to fight for the belt and win it. Oh, I know. In, but... By 2024 anyways. But Goodness. all right. Maybe we're extending the 12-month thing. I forgot about the 12-month rule. Okay. But... You know what I mean. Uh, wow. Neil Magny, Shafkat Rachmanov. Again, another super prospect Speaking of Rachmanov. Were, were Sarukyan and, and Rachmanov also on the same card last time? They, they, were they, were they uh, like, I feel like we were talking about them both in the same. Oh, no, no. Maybe not. Okay. I thought they were on the same card. I feel like we were talking about them at the same time. Yeah, maybe they're on some card, but it wasn't this one. Uh, Josh Parisian, Al, uh, Alan Boudot is the feature bout. So we got to get a mm-hmm. heavyweighty, heavyweight fight in there. Tiago Moises. Fine, as well. You don't Tiagos. have to, but okay. Umar I like that fight. I, I, yeah. That's a good fight. Umar Namagamedo versus Nate Manus. Love that fight. Umar. Chris Curtis, Adolfo Vieta. Chris Curtis should always be fighting in front of large crowds. This is absurd. This yeah. is absurd, but a great, a great, a great matchup. Tafan and Chukwi versus Carlos Ulberg. TJ Brown versus Shailen Nerdin Bieki. The reverse Morozov. Did you see what happened there? Did you see what happened with this record? It's 36 and 10. Yes, but it like his last UFC fight, it was like nineteen and uh, seven or something. Wow! So he's the he's the reverse Morozov. Someone did some digging and found like twenty professional wins. Oh, <laughs> They've got so more much. wins, more wins for him. Halyam, uh, I love it. Halyam Paiva, Sergey Morozov, Cody Durden versus the returning JP Bays. Very okay. happy to see JP Bays getting back in there. Mario Batista versus Brian Kelleher. Great These two should fight. also always be fighting in front of people. This is ridiculous. And Jin Yu Fry takes on Vanessa Demopoulos, who was like one of the breakout stars for the company after the win over Sylvania Gomez Juarez. She got dropped hard, big submission. She went viral for hopping into the hulking arms of one Joe Rogan. What a Casper Rogan, too. Um, I would have been I would have been knocked right over. I would have just <laughs> Wow. I mean yeah. And that's the room. first fight of the night, ladies and gentlemen. But this is a good, good card. We did lose to Tim Elliott versus Amir Albazi. Uh, we did lose to Gear Ulanbekov versus Tyson Nam as well. But it is what it is. What is this? Twelve fights? 
I feel like this en- this exit is taking forever. Twelve fights, Fing- perfect. Fingers crossed, we got twelve fights. Yeah. Although we're back to the seven p.m. prelim, ten p.m. main card, I believe. But it is what it is. We will have fun, and then we'll be on the road to International Fight Week, UFC UFC two seventy six, and what a card that is! It is tremendous. I can't wait to to preview that a little bit more and get ready for that one. But we are done. UFC Austin is in the books. Thank you. For listening to the program, we appreciate it very much. We'll be back next week for AK, I am Mike Heck. Always remember, don't take this stuff too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun, and we will have more fun right here next week on On to the Next One, the podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S., and visit bellator.com slash watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it.